There's no doubt that small businesses are the foundation of our communities. That's why MasterCard has invested in tools to support small business owners as they grow their business. With MasterCard tools and resources, you can increase sales by shortening checkout time, broadening your customer base, and tapping into new opportunities to increase customer loyalty. So get started. Discover all the ways MasterCard can help guide, grow, and protect your business at mastercard.ca forward slash small business. At Scotiabank, we know how important thriving businesses are for the strength of our economy. Our team of experienced advisors across the country can provide you with tailored advice, leading products, and valuable resources to help achieve all your financial goals. We're here for every future. Let's get started today. Visit us at scotiabank.com slash smallbusiness. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, where we talk to Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. I'm your host, Rick Spence, and as a business journalist, editor, and entrepreneur, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, successful, and scalable. Join me every Tuesday at 10 a.m. ET to hear news stories of Canadian entrepreneurs and learn about the moments that mattered most on their journeys. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Ryan Moreno. Ryan Richard Moreno is CEO and co-founder of the Joseph Richard Group, a Vancouver-based collection of unique hospitality ventures featuring more than 25 restaurants, pubs, liquor outlets, and even a hotel. Along with co-founder Andre Joseph Bork, his best friend since elementary school, Ryan has always thrived in the restaurant and nightlife business since 2009. And now you know where the name Joseph Richard comes from, if you were listening carefully. Ryan is all about pushing the boundaries, and now he's taking his business a step further by making all his hospitality group virtual by establishing a series of ghost kitchens. Ryan continues to innovate and be a leader in his industry. Ryan, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. Good morning. Hi. What's the key message or piece of advice you'd like our listeners to take away from today's conversation? <laughs> oh, gee, you just dive right in there, Rick. Uh, <laughs> it was in the script. That's right. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, I think just not to be overly cheesy, but just, you know, find something that you obviously love to do. And I think for me, a lot of it's always uh, just being grateful for the opportunity to be able to do it. Yeah, you know, a lot of times, and you know, when you talk entrepreneurship, it's always the the successes and the and, and and well, a lot of times even the challenges of what you're doing, what you're not doing, succeeding, failing, that type of stuff. But I think sometimes it's good to take a step back and be grateful for the opportunity to actually be be able to do it. You know, so not always a, a glass half full or glass half empty. I'm always sort of a grateful to have a glass if you will <laughs> i think we're all grateful to have a glass especially if yeah. it's outside the house but hopefully right. hopefully soon so yeah. so was this something you'd always wanted to do to get involved in the restaurant or hospitality industries yeah i mean uh, yes and no i mean i think like a lot of people in our industry uh you know i started as a busboy when i was 14 and, you know, I didn't really didn't. I think like most people in hospitality, you don't necessarily think that that's where you're going to end up or that's where your career is going to be or, or whatever. 
Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, I like I've always been sort of, a, you know, I guess a social person in, in a sense. Like I liked it. I liked the busyness of it and the, you know, uh, meeting new people and stuff like that. It seemed pretty fun. Um, and then as we sort of progressed sort of in my you know teenage years and and whatnot, uh, myself and, and Andre, we got into bartending. I always we, we liked that you know, at the time. Uh, I think there was a time in history where flipping bottles and stuff like that was pretty cool. <laughs> so. Uh, we got into that, and uh, we loved that. Loved bartending again. Like the environment was pretty cool. We worked at some pretty uh, popular clubs at you know whatever point in time. Um, so yeah, we always we always enjoyed it. And uh, as things sort of progressed, uh, you know, I think again, like a lot of people want to maybe nice the idea of having your own restaurant and things like that would be would be kind of neat. So yeah, I get eventually yes, we got there. Yeah, <laughs> there's an old. Um cliche out there that says that so many entrepreneurs got their start working at McDonald's. So it sounds like you didn't go through that. No, no, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know. It depends how you look at it. I, I did not work at McDonald's. No, no. I was a busboy at a, at a different restaurant out here. Started, started that way. So, I mean, I've done uh, most of the positions, uh, not a ton of time necessarily working in the, in the kitchen. I was more front of house. So I was a busboy and then, uh, uh, bartender and then server and then uh, manager, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, no, no McDonald's for me. Right. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the Joseph Richards group. Um, you know, the, the kind of establishments that, 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 that you're running are, do they tend sort of to a theme or are they all kinds of different places? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting time, a good time for the the company now where we've sort of come in. Well, hopefully, I mean, we're still growing, but I mean, come into our own in that when we first started, I know we were in uh, nightclubs, as I mentioned, we started with those and, but Andre and I had always wanted, you know, even in high school, we wanted to, we wanted to do different things. So when we started off, we were definitely in the, in the nightclub space. And then we had, there was an opportunity uh, to start uh, a pub, and then eventually we did, you know, obviously a number of uh, number more pubs, and um, you know, so of course when we went from the nightclubs to the pubs, people had sort of, you know, you'd hear it, oh, what do you guys know about food, and what do you guys know about that sort of environment? But you know, we had always been sort of involved, we had worked in it, and anyways, whatever, is sort of tune that out. Um, we started with the pubs, and yeah, there was definitely a theme, sort of a you know modern modern pub, sort of not your you know quote unquote your your dad's pub, not your dad's pub's bad, but you know, we lived uh, kind of outskirts of Vancouver, and a lot of times when there was a birthday or something, you know, a special event, everyone sort of rented a, a limo or, or arranged rides and went downtown to some of the, you know, the the hot spots there. So where we were, we thought, well, there wasn't a lot of these sort of, you know, cool places where we were. So those those pubs definitely had the sort of that modern uh, modern feel. Um, but we, again, we had always wanted to do more. So over the years, there was an opportunity to, you know, look at a couple of restaurant spaces. Um, so we did that. Uh, so then we went in, you know, our, our first restaurant was, uh, you know, a steak focused restaurant. And we did three of those uh, in pretty quick order. You know, so then, of course, you, you kind of hear a little bit more about that. Well, what do you guys know about, you know, restaurants are very different than pubs and steak is different than an average restaurant. You know, and so we've learned along the way. And then, uh, you know, eventually now, fast forward to today, we've got, you know, we have an Italian concept. We've got, you know, a winery with a couple more on the go. You mentioned earlier, we have a, you know, boutique hotel. Uh, you know, we've got a catering division, uh, liquor stores, obviously. Um, and then obviously the virtual restaurant. So we're, we've expanded into a lot of different things. We actually, 
uh, won the the bid for a huge food hall. The first, actually, the first food hall uh, project right in downtown Vancouver, which will actually be a host to uh, Amazon. It's uh, headquarters in Vancouver, so it's this a is massive, the big post massive... office redevelopment. That's right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So. You know, I think as the years have gone on, people stop asking, like, what do you know about this? But, you know, in the beginning, as an entrepreneur, I think any entrepreneur would appreciate there's always the the commentary, right? Good, bad, whatever. There's always sort of the, you know, how can you do that or what do you know about that? So, um, but yeah, so I think now to answer your question, it's, it is, it's a collection of different uh, experiences in, in, in hospitality. Right. So how long have you been doing this now? Since 2009? Uh, well, I don't want to date myself, Rick, but uh, yeah, 2009 is when we had officially started uh, like Joseph Richard, like uh, the, the company, you know, Andre and I, but we had been doing it since uh, since much since much before that, you know, a little the first bit nightclub. before that, I think you mean. Yeah, a little. <laughs> that's right. The The first nightclub we actually did together was in like 05, 06. Um, and we had been in the hospitality business, you know, even before that. So we just hadn't had anything uh, officially together. And so. 09 just before the olympics here there was an opportunity for a nightclub and so on and so forth and and that was the first uh time we were able to come together where it was it was the two of us and we were able to sort of start this uh you know company if you will right so we always hear that the restaurant business is the toughest business in the world except maybe for the bar business <laughs> yeah. um and that the you know that the turnover in the industry is like a hundred percent in a year that sort mm -hmm. of thing mm -hmm. so how do you go from having a pub or a nightclub or to pubs to restaurants i mean the when did you know that you weren't just one establishment guys that 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 you could build a, a, a whole group oh geez um i don't know i mean like i said i think i think that and i know i think that's one of the other questions later in the script but i think a lot of it was you know, did we always know we wanted to grow or how do you sort of keep that sort of focus? Or I know, I mean, for us, we had always wanted to do that. You know, when Andre and I, like I said, when we started in, in high school, I think one of our marketing projects was this, you know, massive entertainment center. So we had always wanted to do that. And I think the other, but the other, the caveat to that is that we've always, you know, we've never needed quote unquote to do anything. You know what I mean? Where we didn't have to take this restaurant. We don't have to do this project. You know, we don't need to be at a certain number of restaurants. So in terms of, you know, goal setting, it wasn't anything sort of where we had to do a certain amount of things, if that makes sense. I think we always wanted to do, uh, be able to create. For us, it's always been about creating experiences for guests. So things that we would like to do. And, you know, as opportunities come up, and again, whether it's a winery or a hotel or, you know, different types of restaurants, you know, we, we love all of it. And if there's an opportunity for us to do something um, that makes sense, you know, obviously financially and it's a good location and, you know, and a lot of it's very collaborative with our with our team. You know, we, we've we've been very fortunate uh, to have some amazing people in the company. And, you know, I don't think you'd, you'd hear uh, uh, any company that's done, you know, anything of, of any sort of measure and not say that they've they've done it on, uh, you know, because of some great people. So. We're no exception. We've got some amazing people in the company. We've been very fortunate to do it. We wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Um, so a lot of that, we go back to the group and we say, hey, there's an opportunity for for X. You know, there's a food hall, this, you know, 29,000 square foot food hall. And, you know, <laughs> what do you guys think? And and it's sort of, you know, that's where it sort of starts. So a lot of the conversation starts, a lot of the, and that's kind of the fun part of it. You know, you sit around the table and you start thinking of all the things you could do. 
And then, you know, that's, that's sort of the fun part. And then you kind of distill it down to, okay, well, how do we actually do that? And then that's where the work starts. So, um, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, no, I don't know that we, uh, there wasn't anything specific that, that sort of like, this is when we knew we were going to do it. Uh, we had always wanted to do that. And we've always just sort of, you know, followed the path of there's an opportunity that makes sense for everything, we would do it. Um, you know, I think also an important sort of takeaway for other entrepreneurs out there, I think some of the biggest challenges also is n knowing when not to do something. You know, now as the company's grown, there's a lot of opportunities and there's that always that entrepreneurial side of your brain. You're like, well, that'd be fun. That'd be really neat. Um, but, you know, you start looking at, and especially now, you think of the you know, resources and obviously the labor shortages is no secret I mean, pretty much anywhere in the world. So, you know, it's also, well, do we have the manpower to, to do that, the bandwidth to be able to, to do that? And what's that going to do? How is it going to impact the team? So I think it's also it's a it's a it's a fine line of 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 seeking out new opportunities um, that could be really amazing, but also uh, knowing when you know uh, maybe it's too much for the team or maybe now is not a good time. With apologies, you make it mm -hmm. sound sort of easy. Well, we had one, and then another, and then another, and another, and another, and another, and another. Um, what is it that you think you guys have done differently that's allowed you? to keep growing and, you know, developing new concepts and, and, and new angles. Well, I appreciate that, Rick, because <laughs> I can tell you it hasn't been, I mean, especially <laughs> the, last, the last couple of years, I think our industry, you know, Secret was probably one of the hardest hit. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not easy. I mean, I think your business of any sort is not easy. I think it's just, like I said, I mean, for me personally, I'm I'm very grateful and I try to keep that in focus all the time, you know, no matter how good or bad things get, just that I'm grateful to have the opportunity to do something that I love doing and I enjoy doing, um, but also the people that I get to do it with. And I think that's sort of the culture within the company, you know, uh, that's, you know, if there's, if there's, you know, I'm, I'm uh, generally a pretty, pretty, you know, humble person, I, but I would say that that's one of the things if I had to pick a, something that I was most proud of, you know, that's probably one of the one of the top things up there is uh, is the the culture that we've really, really tried, you know, you know, uh, you know naturally, I guess, uh, inevitably to create in the company is just uh, the environment. It's just uh, we want to create a, a fun environment, get a good group of people that are all very much aligned with what we're doing. And it's not it's not easy. It's not always like that. There's a lot of conversation, like I said, about you know, should we do this? Should we not do this? You know, sometimes you're in something already and you're like, well, okay, maybe this wasn't, you know, there, it was it a good idea. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess that's just what it is. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to keep that lens on uh, when we're looking at something. So I, I'm grateful to have the opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, the industry rent hospitality is supposed to be fun. You know, it's supposed to be all about creating these experiences to share with, you know, people. So, you know, if, if you're, if you're not having fun doing this business, then I, I don't know what you would, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, but, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it definitely hasn't been easy. <laughs> I can tell you that. And now, is it still fun? Cause with, 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 you know, 25 different businesses going on, you probably mm -hmm. don't get to spend much time flipping bottles or hanging out at the back <laughs> of the restaurant anymore. Well, I don't think anybody would come if I was flipping bottles anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is still a lot of fun. I mean, again, we enjoy doing what we're doing. And I think that, you know, every day in some 
part of some conversation. There's always, you know, something about, you know, what it is we're doing and how can we do it better? And, you know, really, what what do the guests feel? What do they like? What are Where are we falling short on making, you know, these experiences good for them, you know, and how can we make them better? And I think, you know, uh, part of what obviously we'll talk about today with the virtual restaurants and things like that, a lot of the, as the business and the industry evolves, you know, and I, I don't know that that's good or bad. I think it's just, it's just the way things are, right? As things evolve, um, you know, competition, whatever, technology, it's all about trying to be better, you know, pushing yourselves and let alone the com- you know, competitors to push to create better experiences for, for guests. And I think that the minute you sort of lose that, then that's when you become stale and maybe not as, not as busy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's fun. It's not, uh, just, it's, it's challenging for sure. <laughs> okay. I don't usually give my guests a chance to like actually do a commercial, but tell me about the coolest experience that, 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 that you offer and the one place I have to go to next oh time. Oh my in gosh. Well, that's not fair, Rick. That's not fair. Who's your favorite <laughs> child, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, it's funny because whenever I get asked that, I said, I don't, I, I can't, I don't really have one. I mean, they're all, you know, yes, they're all your, your, your kids, as you say, you know, I, I think that you, know, you love them all the same. Um, you know, I, I would say, you know, now, again, looking at the company, if I was doing a, an on the spot commercial, I would say that you know, any of our experiences, I think the any of the offerings, any of the locations that we have are all set up to, you know, give our guests, that's our goal uh, to give our guests the best experience. So no matter what you like, if you like a casual pub, and you want to you know, watch the game and kick back with some friends and have some, you know, great beers, great cocktails, you know, the pubs are great. Um, if you're looking for a more romantic setting, a birthday, special occasion, or just want to go to a really, uh, you know, amazing restaurant. I mean, one of our restaurants is in the top uh, 100 in Canada. I mean, great. We have some great offerings there. Um, you know, if you want to do something cool on a nice, uh, you know, sunny day or, or something, again, different experiences. I mean, we've got our winery is beautiful. You know, our brew pub in Stanley Park is, is an experience. So, um, okay, we have something for everyone. Pub. You had me at brew pub in Stanley Park. <laughs> I love it. And tell me the name of the restaurant that's in the top 100. That's pretty exciting. Uh, published. Published on Maine. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, yeah. that's what I want. I wanted to get a feel for a couple of these places. I'm mm-hmm. writing down brew pub in Stanley Park. Okay. <laughs> I'll meet you there. All right, deal. <laughs> Ryan, we know that a lot of business owners have have struggled through this pandemic, but the hospitality industry has faced incredible challenges with lockdowns, restrictions, and staffing shortages, as you've mentioned. So what's this been like for you? Uh, oh, geez, I don't know. I mean, probably the worst thing ever. I mean, I think it's been that it's been definitely been the most challenging uh, time that we've experienced in the industry. Um, I mean, yeah, the challenge is constantly. I mean, you're balancing sort of the community well-being and then the business uh itself i think two years ago before this all happened you know i would hear staff on one end saying like we can't close i've got bills to pay you know we, we can't shut down like the the idea of that was just nothing that we'd ever done before and then on the other side you'd have you know maybe 50 percent of the you know of the of the team also asking like hey it sounds like it's getting pretty dangerous are we still going to keep working so you know you're sort of weighing those sorts of things so yeah it's been uh, extremely challenging for sure have you had to close down any any properties for any length of time? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Out out uh, out here in uh, in BC, we had uh, I think it was March sixteenth. It was probably the uh, most challenging day of my career. But yeah, we had to essentially close the whole company. Uh, I think the liquor stores stayed open. 
Um, but all the restaurants, when they shut everything down, it was supposed to be that two week, you know, two years ago, two weeks, two weeks sort of circuit breaker. I don't even think we had circuit breaker at the time, but uh, anyway, that's what they were calling it. But the idea was, yeah, shut down everything for two weeks. Um, so yeah, so this we had is March, 2020 that you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. 2020. That's right. Oh, holy right. cow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that was it, right? We had to shut down basically the whole uh, the whole company. So, like I said, liquor stores stayed open, um, but essentially, majority of our businesses had to close for some time. And you know, there've been waves of that where they've closed for a couple of months, where it was delivery only, um, and then there was you know uh, reopening fifty percent capacity. I mean, much like the rest of the world. So it's been a you're, you're pivoting constantly. I think that 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 word pivot was used like way too much the last two years, but that's what we had to do. <laughs> So absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how have you managed to hang on? Have any properties had to been closed for good or are you, you know, still hoping to keep everything uh, intact as a group? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so far, knock on wood, uh, we've been able to keep everything intact in terms of that. Like nothing's had to had to close for good because of the pandemic. And I, I mean, I had to I mean, say that's amazing. So congratulations to you for that. Cause I, that's so yeah. important to your customers and employees. Oh my uh, gosh. That, that's a, that's a quite a feat. Well, and I have to say, I think the, the biggest, the biggest uh, thing that helped us or, or saved us or, you know, we had started and I'm sure it's a good segue into the virtual restaurants. We had actually started, you know, exploring and working in that space, you know, late 2017. We saw that kind of opportunity. We saw the technology evolving and all of that sort of stuff. So we jumped into that sort of sector, if you will, and, and started working on that in the business. So when this, I mean, of course, nobody knew this was going to happen, but when it did, um, the businesses were able to essentially flip the flip the switch. And I mean, we were already doing delivery. So, you know, to be to be fair, we were already doing it. But essentially, when everything went delivery only, we had already been doing this for some time. And obviously everything ramped up because people couldn't go out. So delivery skyrocketed. So our basically our virtual restaurants, our delivery, you know, sort of platform really, you know, helped carry the company where a lot of our managers, you know, we didn't have to, they could keep on working. You know, now, now they were doing delivery and, and things like that. I mean, in the stores, obviously, right? Um, but it definitely helped uh, to keep things, keep things going for sure. If we didn't have that, I think it would have been a, a different story or would have been a lot harder for sure. Um, but yeah, that definitely helped us. Yeah. And so explain to me what a virtual restaurant is and how is that different from a ghost kitchen? Well, I mean, you know what, in, in my opinion, it's the same thing. I mean, a ghost restaurant, a virtual restaurant, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, I think the, the virtual restaurants, basically they exist online. So if you're on Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, DoorDash, whatever uh, delivery platform you prefer, if you're on those apps, you know, there's restaurants on there, you know, there'll be, you know, ABC restaurant um, that's on there that you can get delivery from that maybe doesn't exist in a bricks and mortar format. You couldn't actually go in and eat at ABC restaurant, you know, because it's sort of, you know, again, the ghost restaurant part is it's, a, you know, again, it exists only online. And, you know, for us, our concept where we had different virtual restaurants that existed online that again didn't have bricks and mortar that we were offering and executing out of our existing kitchens so you know we'd have a, we have a poke concept called obey poke as an example um, that we would have that you could go on a number of different all the platforms actually and you could you know you could order from there have it delivered to your house but there's no actual storefront we were doing that out of uh, our existing restaurants existing kitchens
Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw a re- reference to a hundred mm-hmm. ghost restaurants. Mm-hmm. So, w- how do you have more ghost restaurants than <laughs> bricks and mortars? <laughs> well, so what? Yeah, I mean, the virtual re- when we launched it, I believe it was like April. I think it was I want to say April seventeen or eighteen. But when we launched the uh, the virtual restaurants, we had been working on it for some time, but we had launched uh, yeah a hundred in one day, which I, I I don't think at the time had ever been done. Um, but yeah, so the idea was, you know, you'd have, uh, you know, some of the restaurants would have seven or eight or, well, actually not that much, but maybe six or seven different concepts. So again, you have Obey Poke, you know, you have fresh fries, uh, stack sandwiches, you'd have a, you know, a few of these different brands that we had created these virtual restaurants, but they would operate out of our, our restaurants. So, you know, you could have seven, let's say virtual restaurants out of one kitchen. So now you start doing the math and say, okay, well, you know, across 20 restaurants, if you had X amount, you know, you could get to 100 pretty quickly. So that's that's kind of how we how we did that. Obviously, not all of them had seven. Some had two. Some had six. You know, whatever. But right. Yeah. But but these were all your brands. Is there also a business in offering, you know, the the, the cooking facilities for other brands that you don't own or control? Yeah, so we actually have a, a partnership with uh, Cheesecake Factory Bakery, uh, Colonel's Popcorn. Um, you know, there's a few more that are in the in the hopper that we've been discussing for some time. So yeah, we do have products that aren't our own um, that we you know build that into the menus or, or have concepts that are built around those. Um, you know, we have worked with other businesses, uh, other local sort of. Uh, businesses that have you know we had some uh, these Jamaican pies at one point and so we yeah we've, we've worked with different businesses to you know incorporate either their offering into our menus or try something together you know do sort of collabs uh, limited time stuff like that so um, yeah I mean there's there's different models I mean certainly the way that we do it isn't isn't the only way um, you know I'm sure you've seen that also there's facilities that are being set up that you know just offer restaurants a you know, space to to create, you know, bring their brand or, you know, create new brands out of a sort of a commissary kitchen. So there's different models of doing it. That's just the way we have really leaned into and, and sort of felt that that's the way it'll evolve to, if you right. will. Yeah. I mean, so many people have said that in so many industries, the pandemic has simply accelerated mm-hmm. innovation mm-hmm. that was already beginning to happen mm-hmm. and needed to happen. Mm-hmm. So is is that what we're seeing in, in the hospitality business? I, I think so. In that regard, 100%, for sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that, like I said, that stuff was already, you know, those those platforms, that technology was already there. You know, I think once Uber or, you know, that sort of concept started taking shape, you know, years before that, you it was sort of the writing was on the wall already. Once that sort of became mainstream, that opens up all these doors. So yeah, I think that was already happening. I think, you know, you 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 hit the nail on the head. It definitely accelerated it because, you know, pre-pandemic when we were launching these ghost restaurants, it's funny that, you know, the forums and stuff, these the, the chats that you would see cuz people just didn't understand it. So they would think ghost restaurants like what are these? These are like scams or they would think that you know, you're you're hiding the fact that it's your restaurant when, you know, when you got a delivery from Obey Poke, we had you know, uh, promotion material that was on there that by the Joseph Richard, we wanted people to know that it was from us. Like we were not trying to hide that. So people just didn't understand it. You know, like, what is a ghost restaurant? What is this? You know, not just us, but anybody in general, they just didn't get it. And I think that over the pandemic that just, you know, shoved it, you know, basically right in their front and center. And, uh, 
yeah, it definitely lit a fire under that. So yeah, now all of a sudden it's everybody knows kind of they get the concept delivery. I think for restaurants, you know, they've had to, you know, pre-pandemic when we talked to some restaurants like, no, I would never deliver anything. It's not our model. It doesn't work. And and, and that some of those um, comments are true. I mean, we have certain brands that just don't travel well. So it's not the experience, but uh, but you definitely need to look at that as, you know, another, just embrace it. That's just, it's not, it's not going anywhere. You know, I think, I think the idea with, with the, delivery and the evolution of it i mean people want to have good food anywhere and i think that's sort of what this uh this platform and this sort of evolution has been able to do i mean you know gone are the days when where we used to live it was just basically pizza or chinese food that's all you could get delivered you know and now you could pretty much get anything you know when could you get poutine delivered or poke or you know what i mean so uh well, the beautiful thing is is that so many people have such distinct preferences yes. now. Yes. I mean, at our house, if we try and order dinner, it's f five people when everyone gets together. Yep. You know, five people want pizza, but two people want sushi. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> so, so it's wonderful to be able to to deal with one one vendor exactly or, or one delivery and get this stuff done yeah so so do you think that the innovation that we've seen in this area the past couple of years mm -hmm. uh is that sort of a guide to how you'll be growing in future uh i mean yes and no i mean I, that's definitely you know again we, we started in that early we see the potential with it so we're definitely are pretty heavily invested you know, in that space. So we're definitely want to evolve and keep making that better. I mean, again, it's about guest experience, about getting the best food to our customers wherever they are. So we'll keep pushing that envelope. But I, I think from the bricks and mortar side, no, we haven't, we haven't stopped or don't plan to stop in that. And I say that, you know, if there's opportunities, we'll do it. If not, then, you know, I'm happy with where we're, we're at today. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I think that, uh, we'll, we'll, we're, st we're definitely still investing in that and that's, that sector will grow, but, you know, I think there's still opportunity for, you know, a great dining experience for, you know, people somewhere for, you know, a couple to come and celebrate, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, whatever. Um, so I, th I still think that there's still opportunity for that. I think it's just going to push, you know, the more delivery options are out there. I think it just puts more pressure on the actual restaurants that your experience there needs to be really good. You know, I think over the last few years, <clears throat> you know, it's certainly, <clears throat> excuse me, the, you know, home cooking has definitely evolved for what it was 10 years ago. There's a lot of things you can buy. There's a lot of things you can order, meal kits, whatever. Um, I think it's just sort of, it definitely has scaled up. So, and now with delivery doing the same, I, I guess the underlying message for us is that, you know, good food is available, more readily available than it's ever been. So, you know, at a restaurant, you really need to provide, obviously, great food, but the ex experience and all that has to be something that I can't create at my house. You know, otherwise I could get that food delivered or I could make it or my wife can make it or whatever, you know. So it's got to be something, you know, the service, the ambiance, the, you know, what you can provide has really has to be special. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, in Canada, we're used to seeing concept restaurants, contemporary rest restaurant, restaurant ideas come across the Rockies from from the west to east. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen Cactus Club and Joey's, I guess, two of the biggest names. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any plans for expansion beyond the, 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 the lower mainland? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, for us, it's always been uh, if there's an opportunity and it makes sense for the team and, and what we're doing, then we would definitely would love to do it. I mean, we've looked at spaces, you know, all over. We 
We did, you know, for a number of years, have some operations in Alberta for a little bit with a developer there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're not opposed to it. We definitely would love to do it. Um, I mean, certainly with the virtual restaurants, those are, we're ready in talks to go right across Canada actually pretty quickly. Um, so that, I think the virtual restaurants will will be across Canada faster. Um, I mean, obviously a bricks and mortar restaurant's a lot, a lot more difficult and a lot more, takes a lot more time and planning and all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, we're, we're always looking. I think a lot of it's just going to be sort of, again, the bandwidth of the team, um, you know, again, a physical restaurant versus virtual, but, uh, but yeah, we definitely have plans to expand again, wherever there's a good opportunity to provide a great experience. I mean, we want to be there. Right. And I, what I'm hearing is that this new model, the virtual restaurants, mm -hmm. it's a really interesting way to ex a low risk way, low, low risk, low cost way to expand and find out, Hey, if this model if this brand if this if this type of cuisine is going to work in winnipeg or toronto or mm -hmm. montreal mm -hmm. uh then you can find it out without having to invest a ton of money mm -hmm. and then you double down on the ones that are working yeah i mean it's it's definitely a good it's definitely a good um test for uh you know to try out different markets and things like that but um yeah i mean it's it's uh I think also, you know, one of the things with it that we found and why I think we could expand it quickly is that it, it also was just given the last two years, it was a great opportunity to also sort of help, you know, our people, contacts, you know, just people, colleagues in the industry. So to be able to go to restaurants that don't necessarily, you know, we've invested, again, a lot of time and resources into delivery. So when, you know, there's restaurants all over the place, especially this pandemic has hit everyone and impacted everyone in hospitality. So we've been having conversations with people all over where, you know, they, they don't necessarily know how, how to deliver, what to deliver, what kind of packaging is the best, you know, all, all of those sorts of things. How do you prep it? How do you set your kitchen up? So the opportunity for us there is, is to be able to do that. So it's kind of a win-win that way where we can expand offerings we know are doing well and all at the same time sort of help a sector that's already been heavily impacted. Um, but yeah, I think for our, our existing brands, yeah, it's a good way to sort of get into a market and see, you know, if it, uh, if our concepts would kind of would work. But at the same time, I mean, I, I don't know that we've looked at it that closely for that purpose. You know what I mean? Because a restaurant concept that we have, it's pretty hard to deliver that experience if you're not in the restaurant, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like if you get the delivery, yeah, you know, you'd see if people like the food or not. But it's also, again, you know, there's a lot of good food out there, you know, and I mean, I, obviously, I think I'm biased. I think ours is fantastic, but there's a lot of options. So I think it's been more the opportunity to expand that and lean into this technology and at the same time help, you know, our sort of colleagues in the, in the hospitality industry that have been been hit. Um, so it's kind of a win win. So you've written about the need for business owners to show more leadership in these mm -hmm. crazy times. And you've mm -hmm. talked about the importance of listening and make better choices. So yeah. what, what, what advice do you have for our listeners about really stepping up and taking ownership of these times by showing leadership? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, just what you said there, I think that it's important that I've always believed that businesses have a, you know, an obligation or responsibility. I mean, however way you take that, the weight of that, but the, an, uh, an uh, like a responsibility to be, to contribute to 
the community. And so that's obviously your own team and make sure the well-being of your staff and and whatnot, but I think also the community around. So I think that, you know, for us, we've, especially over the pandemic, it wasn't anything planned or anything like that, but you see other businesses, not even in our industry, neighbors, whether it's retail or, or whatever, that, you know, everyone sort of struggled or had challenges. So we've found some really great opportunities where, again, when you're listening and you pay attention to what's happening out there, and really, if you take that responsibility seriously, where you're, you know, as a business, you have a responsibility to sort of help the community, then I think it's sort of, you know, great things can happen. And so for us, uh, you know, we've been really fortunate that there's been some great partnerships uh, over the last two years because of what's happened. We've come together just sort of to help each other um, and work together. And, and it's turned into some great, uh, great relationships, I think, for the future. Right. Well, tell me about listening, though. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think that's such an underdeveloped skill, yeah. both by the general public and, and also by entrepreneurs. So how, do, how has that helped you? Uh, well, I mean, again, I think what listening, I think the idea of that is, again, listening to the community or listening to your people. I think that as a leader, you know, I, I, I've always tried to, to, to focus on that myself and also to, you know, sort of put that out to the team that, you know, our responsibility as leadership is to, you know, you'll hear everybody, you know, ask any business one, oh, it's the people, I have great people. But what does that really mean? And I think, you know, for us, we really, what drives us is the success of our people. Like I truly, to my core, I, you know, it matters to me. I want my team to be successful and whatever success means for them, not just money, if it's a career, you know, where they want to be, what they want to do. Hopefully it's within our company, but if not, so I think if you're truly listening and really, and that really means something to you as a leader, and it, it does matter to you how your neighbor's business does. It really does matter to you how your team, you know, what's important to them. Um, then I think you'll be just fine. And if you're listening to that and you're really, you know, that drives you, you know, without having to try, then it just, you know, great things happen. Because if you're listening to your team, that will direct you on the decisions to make, you know, for the direction of the company and what to do and, and how to look after everyone and, and all of that sort of stuff. So, you know, especially over the last two years, I think that's what really sort of magnified to me was that, I mean, that was always something that we always really tried to do. Um, but it's just, you know, by doing that, you just sort of like, oh, wow, we kind of navigated through that. Okay. And I think a lot of that's because we, we just, we did, we tried to sort of listen, like what, what's important to the team, you know, again, and what's important to the community. Right. What's, tell me one thing you learned from listening to your people over the last little while. One thing I learned from listening to my team. Yeah, a, a good example of, of, you know, how if you're really listening, you hear something that maybe you didn't know before and, and, and makes everything better. Uh, well, I mean, I think, oh gosh, I mean, like I said before, I think a lot of the things that we, we do as a company, a lot of that's, we're very collaborative. So, you know, I've listened, definitely, I always take it back to the team as far as should we do this project? How should we do this? So there's been a lot of things that we've, you know, done and a lot of things we haven't done from listening to the team that they've just, you know, and I know nobody ever wants to say no, but I think it's, it's about creating an environment where everybody's comfortable to speak their mind, where they've said, I just, I don't think we can do that. I don't think it's the right time. So I think that happens, you know, regularly, you know, I think that especially over this pandemic, that was one of the things where, again, you know, just from a, forget the business from a, for a second, also just from personal well-being. And, you know, mental health, things like that. There's been a lot of challenges that way. So a lot of times listening to the team where, 
you know, yeah, maybe, you know, limiting the hours at a store or just trying to really focus on the concerns a team have to be comfortable to come to work, you know? So what are the conditions like? What are things, what would they like to see, you know, to make sure that they feel like we're, we're here for you. We want to make sure that the environments are safe all the time, let alone, you know, what we're going through right now. Um, but just really trying to listen to what, what would make the environment better for them. Because I mean, you know, you touched on it earlier where, you know, from not just our industry, but many, you know, the, the labor shortage is a real, it's a real thing. And so I think that, again, that's sort of the, it just goes back to those core, if you're listening and, you, and you're paying attention to what your team wants, and hopefully you'll be able to weather that okay and attract people in an environment where it's very hard to find, uh, you know, great, great people. So, um, yeah, those are probably some of the ones, the first ones that come to mind anyway. Right. Perfect. I mean, I can't decide whether listening is a superpower or a secret weapon, but I think either oh, both. Way, it's it, both. <laughs> it's absolutely both. <laughs> absolutely. We've been talking with Ryan Moreno, the CEO and co-founder of the Joseph Richard Group of restaurants and other hospitality enterprises based in Vancouver. Ryan, the last thing we like to ask, last question we like to uh -huh. ask on the Startup Canada podcast <laughs> is if you have any final words of advice that our listeners, fellow Canadian entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. can put into advice, could put into action in their business right away. Uh, yeah, well, I think we touched on a couple of them throughout the, throughout the show. I mean, I would say, again, just my own personal, uh, you know, mantra every day. I think it's just being grateful, being grateful for the opportunity that we have. You know, if you talk about entrepreneurship in Canada. I think we're one of the, you know, one of the best places to do business and we have the opportunity and the tools that we have here uh, to conduct any sort of business here, start a business. So I think that it's important to just keep that in mind. I mean, business is challenging at the best of times. So through the ups and downs, I think that's always helped uh, me to get through it is just being grateful that we have that opportunity to explore something that you love doing. Um, and then again, I think you you touched on it a lot is, is the listening. I think that that is really important to, again, listen not only to, you know, obviously your team to make sure that the environments that you create as a business owner are the best for your, your people, um, but also for the community. I think that we do businesses, I really do believe, ha have a responsibility to contribute positively to the community in whatever way they can. So if it's, you know, helping out with fundraisers, sponsorships, whatever, I mean, helping other businesses to thrive, um, it just helps the community thrive, which ultimately, you know, it, it should, it'll, it'll help your business also. So I think it's just, uh, yeah, that's what I would say. I would be grateful and, and, and listen. Perfect. Thank you, Ryan. Congratulations on your success getting through uh, all of these pandemic difficulties and keeping <laughs> so much of the team together. And we really look forward to watching you shoot, shoot off like a rocket <laughs> when, 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 when all this right? stuff is behind us. <laughs> yeah, you, you and me both. You and me both. All right. Thanks, Ryan. We'll talk again. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Startup Canada podcast. This show is produced by Lauren Hicks and Maddie Stiles, and it's made possible by the support of MasterCard and Scotiabank. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next week, I'm your host, Rick Spence.